Oh, sick. on my own for a bit and uh, do that stupid shit and cost me a ton of money and then yeah. get married <laughs> and then get divorced right so, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah man uh different different life paths for sure but uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think it's better probably that i went through that stuff but still yeah well you're i you front loaded the suffering uh in your 20s like i <laughs> i've been doing a lot of reflecting on my uh my journey so far because i'm like dude i'm into some weird shit now like it's just stuff i never i never thought i was gonna be into i believe things i never thought i was gonna believe um like (laughs) like there i there there is sort of a weird crust forming at the at the edge of my consciousness that i'm kind of developing and so it's like okay how did i how did i wind up here uh you know a lot of that is like oh i was like full-on miserable for like the back half of my 20s (laughs) you know yeah just in but it was more of an an ennui unable to like feel like i was having a meaningful impact in the world sort of thing and kind of being at the at the mercy of um the whims of capital i guess um yeah that'll change your perspectives for sure <laughs> yeah yeah uh right i mean and it's and and i think it was like you know the full you know it took me this long to kind of deconstruct the uh you know i guess the promises that i felt were made to me as a white man um in this you know mm-hmm. but you know kind of coming of age during the bush administration and there's like this uh you know kind of kind of getting to sort of imbibe the uh the feeling of invincibility on the uh religious right at at the time yeah um like God. There, yeah there was yeah there was this feeling that oh holy shit i'm gonna be invincible it really doesn't matter what i do i'm gonna come out on top and then i uh uh then i got pulled in by sort of like you know leftism and and materialist thought and uh you know, realize some lies, but I don't think I'd really addressed that, uh, that, you know, core belief that, you know, everything was going to turn out. Um, and, yeah. and, and the thing is like, I think, yeah. you know, things are kind of turning out, but it's like, it's not handed to me. It is going to, you know, everything I'm going to get in this life, I'm going to have to fight for, you know, I can't yeah. just expect this stuff to, you know, sort of turn up millhouse. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it feels like we're stuck in kind of this time loop where we're, to various degrees, reliving, like, Occupy. Um, if we think of Occupy as, like, the uprising of the uh, the college graduate with no future, mm, um, yeah. it kind of feels like we're just, like, in a kind of time loop where we just keep reliving that. Because, like, I don't know, yeah, there's there's this state... There's just, like, yeah, that notion, I, I mean, I was raised with, too, as a suburban kid, that I was like, yeah, I mean this this life like when when i thought about not being a suburban kid i thought of that as a choice i would make because i was you know a super badass and i figured out the world because i watched donnie darko right um and not that i uh i will actually probably most likely never attain uh that suburban life (laughs) just because of the actual material circumstances it rather than like yeah feeling like i would just um I was not going to receive that because I was going to go do something cool and challenge myself and live radically. It's like, no, even if I did 
try to have the normal life. I don't know if the normal life is a possible thing for people anymore or not. It's not easy. It requires a lot of luck. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so weirdly enough, that's, uh, kind of i mean dude we can get I, I don't know if we're officially starting right now but we can kind of structure who knows yeah i don't know uh but it, it, i mean just dude when we just start talking about life we kind of kind of go we, we have really similar uh similar outlooks I yeah think. yeah and then like just just enough different experiences to make it interesting right I yeah think, yeah yeah, yeah it's, uh but uh i've been getting into some like this chaos magic guy uh who's got this really interesting podcast and I've, I've just been like mainlining this shit and I bought a couple of his books. Um, yeah, but he has one called, uh, the chaos protocols and it's, it's practical enchantment for sort of unprecedented times. So like the whole first chapter is just laying out. All right. So this is the economic reality we lived in. We live in right now. Uh, it's basically set up to put a ton of money in the hands of a few people and, the whole apparatus of PR is to convince you that you can benefit from it too. Um, This is bullshit. You need to realize you're sort of, you know, you have more in common with a medieval peasant uh, than, than you don't at this Mm. point. If you're under a certain income level, like unless you were already rich, you're probably not going to become rich or, you know, measurably rich. Um, Yeah. But you know, then the whole thing has this sort of hopeful undercurrent of like, well, okay, so the deck is stacked against you, but you're still an agent in the world. And here are some sort of extra physical sources and practices you can draw from to, you know, sort of um, improve your chances. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I don't think of um, a lot of ritualistic stuff like that as generally being... Um, acknowledging hopelessness in any way because right. i usually think of people grabbing grasping onto that kind of stuff in a um in a kind of an illusion of having control usually yeah yeah um that's that's usually my criticism of a lot of occult or pagan stuff i don't know yeah yeah and i i think that's what's attracted me to this guy because he's really pragmatic he he uh he engages with a lot of literature i'm familiar with like he he references mark fisher a lot um, oh yeah yeah and uh yeah gordon white rune soup um yeah i don't know i i've been kind of like i want to talk about this stuff and then like i don't know a ton of people who are like legit you know i know enough people who have like interest in the occult but i don't know people who are like actual practitioners right Um, right right and i yeah i think that was the same thing as like you know it always it always smacked of delusion and i think there is a certain element of it that uh yeah that's sort of cringy but i mean there's a certain you know right it's like white boy meditates once and oh everything's real <laughs> you know like it's like i so i'm trying to i'm trying to stay grounded a little bit but like i feel like this whole world of possibility that i had also i had previously shut out like oh maybe there's there's something to it like uh yeah you know it's yeah, sort I mean, of letting go of the like materialist presupposition like i think i'm firmly in the spot where i'm like okay there is sort of a a spiritual reality uh to the yeah. world um yeah and, i mean yeah. that i mean for me that's like going kind of in opposite direction but i think it's like it's still guided by or both of us having really similar perspectives i mean that's that's my attraction more yeah. and more to christianity and going back to christianity yeah um yeah. oftentimes is yeah it i guess it is just kind of a a bit of a stereotype to just be like oh this can't be all there is but that is kind of how it i don't know it feels yeah. like there's something 
I think something beyond the the material dialectic. I, I think that's a useful tool to understand history. Um, but at some point or another, I, I do think you you kind of need to start yeah being um, invigorated by something spiritually or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I think you know, Marxism is is the appropriate science if we want to talk about okay, how do we distribute material resources? Uh, you know, that's sort of the ideal there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. I so yesterday I, over my lunch hour, I get a whole hour for lunch. It's amazing. Um, oh yeah, so, yeah. I, I I've been doing that with retail too. I have an hour. I've never had an hour lunch before. Oh, it's, it's very weird. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of nice. Um, but yeah, I called I called a friend that I don't think I'd I'd spoken to since maybe 2014. Um, and he's like a good decade older than me, and he was kind of like a. He wasn't a youth pastor, but he was kind of just, uh, at the time, like, I think in his mid or late twenties, uh, just at the church and wanted to get more involved and then wound up sort of working with the youth. And, uh, he kind of, you know, became a mentor for me and a couple of my friends. Like, you know, he just, we just kind of coalesced into a unit and, uh, became pretty tight for uh, a few years after high school and, you know, kept up all through college and whatnot. And then, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I think life just got too real. He was going through some stuff that was too real in his, like, you know, uh, I think it was, you know, uh, oh, we don't even have to get into it, but just like, you know, personal shit kind of, kind of came up and I, I lost track of him cause I just didn't know how to deal with his reality. I didn't know how I could help. I, I felt like, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, he was just, he was just going through real stuff that I just had no framework to understand. Right. And I didn't know how to like, be with him or support him uh at the time and so i just kind of stopped talking to him um but yeah called him and it, it was kind of uh you know picked up right where we left off it's like okay there is a reason i liked this guy <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah there is a reason you know even though i think uh i don't know we didn't really get into political stuff but i know he like skews more conservative <laughs> he's still yeah but yeah. you know it's like oh man this guy just had a real joie de vivre and you know it uh and he he had a really sort of you know he was a troubled youth like he went he he had been in prison by the time i'd met him you know and this was kind of like on the other side of him you know trying to like get his life together uh yeah so it was like he had this well of just like life experience um to kind of draw on and i think that was kind of the original uh thing but yeah so i was i was chatting with him and you know i wound up you know spending the whole you know it was catching up kind of doing life updates on what you've been up to the past couple years but uh but around the time i stopped talking to him he had been working at a treatment center for juvenile sex offenders oh wow uh and like you know right just like these kids who had been like severely abused and then had become abusers themselves at, at some, oh, at some point. God. And so he was like working with these kids and, you know, had to like restrain them and stuff. And so, um, I kept thinking about that over the years to the point that I started, I started kind of sketching out like a, a novel project or, or something that in, involved that. Uh, um, I, I don't know if we want to put the, <laughs> who knows if we're even starting yet, but uh, kind of <laughs> the premise is like, a, you know, I was trying to like, okay, how can I sort of creatively synthesize all this like messed up conspiracy stuff I've been interested in, you know, over the past yeah. six months or so. Um, and then it wound up, okay, so I want to set this novel kind of in a fictionalized version of my hometown. I want the main character to basically be Brace Belden, uh, and I want to involve a treatment center for juvenile sex offenders and then get into some, like, Epstein shit. Um, yeah. And so, like, yeah. I kind of, I, you know, and so, I, you know, 
that was kind of the selfish side benefit with reconnecting with this guy. I mean, the, the overall thing is like, okay, I'm, uh, all right, where do I want to go? I need to get back in touch with my roots. Okay. I want to reconnect with this guy. Like, uh, our, you know, the other guy in our friend group, like I've been in regular contact with him over the years and he's kind of like never pushed it on me, but you know, would give like a vague life update and, you know, kind of suggest like, Oh, Hey, you should, you should give him a call sometime. So yeah, it, yeah. it finally paid off. He'd been seeding it for years and, but he's, um, man, I can't, I can't talk in a straight line today. Uh, no, it's okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, so, I mean, the side benefit of like, A, I wanted to reconnect with him, but B, oh, I wanted to talk to him about his experiences there. I wanted to get, you know, like a, you know, and kind of let him know, like, you know, I didn't want to just, uh, use that, um, without like letting him have a say in it, you know, um, yeah. because it's not my experience, but it's something that's kind of stayed with me. And so I mentioned that to him. And he's like, uh, yeah, so ter- uh, actually the building we were there is like super haunted. Um, there are things there. They're not ghosts. They're not demons. It's something else. But I've seen them. Like he just straight up says that to me. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. And and now I'm in a frame of mind where I'm like, shit fucking yeah. Okay, like, <laughs> let's go. So I, we just kind of left it at that. But, you know, I'm like, dude, I want to like, you know, call you up and let's just like talk about this sometime. So I don't know. Like I... Right, I kind of have a newfound openness to these sort of phenomena or, you know, taking yeah. taking experiences like that uh, seriously. Man, there's like a whole confluence of things. Like it's, uh, if I remember right, the place it's located is near a uh, 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 Native American reservation um, near my hometown. Okay, yeah. Uh, which is part of that. And then you have like the extremely bad vibes of just housing uh you know um deeply traumatized human beings in one space um Mm. and i'm kind of of the opinion that there is there uh you know not to undermine um the sort of you know scientific treatment of that but i think there's definitely a spiritual component to these things too um right i don't want to go like full faith healing like obviously chemicals help but i mean you have to i feel like you have to treat these problems holistically you have to treat a a whole person um yeah yeah there's like so, this um yeah. yeah i don't know thinking of that my my girlfriend has this take where she kind of defends christian science um in mary baker eddy because uh, and i don't know if she's she's kind of reading probably uh more too charitably uh a reading of eddy but um i think it's an interesting take where, where she's talking about how the, the whole faith healing kind of aspect to christian science it's just the acknowledgement that the the like blur between the body and the mind is not it's not as as defined as we act like it is and so someone's mental state can be something healing so the case of like mary baker eddy she was primarily helping um poor poor people in like the civil war era who are not going to have access to medical treatment whatsoever um and so because of that like telling them to maybe have good vibes or whatever as a form of healing probably wasn't as fucked up of a thing as we kind of think of now because of the easy access to medical whatever because we we do know that like that kind of probably good spiritual practice was a healing thing uh for those people who did not have access to good medicine or whatever so i I, i'm kind of open i guess to that to some degree yeah yeah uh I, yeah. I think that was some of the most unfair characterizations of Marianne Williamson early on. Um, kind of like stem from, I think, our, our general 
assumption that if you tell somebody that they should um like spiritual practices can be healing where you, you assume that that means don't also seek medical practice and it, it doesn't you can do both and i think that they actually i think spiritual practice can help to some degree yeah yeah I yeah i mean yeah i'd never say it's a, a total cure but uh right i mean i think there's even like studies on you know uh meditation has has sort of healing properties or uh itself. Yeah, yeah um like mindfulness and this engagement with you know uh if you want to hesitate to call it the spiritual the non-physical uh you know these sort of yeah, old technologies mental, of the self yeah. um yeah yeah i mean it's right we're whole people we're not i, I there it's a very modern and a very western uh conception of the human being i think we're finally kind of moving past the like sort of brain in a jar um yeah, hypothesis yeah. that i feel like everybody was working with that there's this sort of hard and fast separation between the physical and the non-physical um right. that they they can't uh interact with each other um yeah yeah and i mean uh mary baker Eddie, I guess I'm not super familiar with Christian science, but I mean, even even at the time, like, I mean, that would be in line with uh, that would almost be like like kind of a partial rediscovery of like European folk medicine or like pre-Christian traditions. Um, yeah, sure. You know, sure. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I think like, yeah, there, there's a lot of traditions of that stuff, like in Christianity, you know, I, I think. The, the beef I would have with Mary Baker Eddy from like a more Christian or Orthodox perspective is is more her, her Christology. She's kind of like borders on the uh, non-Trinitarian Orthodoxies or whatever. And so like my my theological beef lies in that stuff. But when it comes to the but it's it's funny that when most people shit on Christian science, they don't go to that stuff. They go to the, the faith healing as the first thing to have a problem with. And I don't, I don't think that's the thing to have the problem with. If you're going to have one as an Orthodox Christian, I, I don't know. It seems like a very weird thing to choose to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be mad about, I don't know. Yeah. People love to shit on charismatics or anybody who isn't just like this sort of wasp ideal of, of the church goer yeah. or the modern Christian or just like, you know, Oh, we're just, uh, or, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, Unitarian. Oh, we're just, you know, nice people who like nice stories. And I mean, I'm being really reductive yeah. about that, but, uh, for sure. Right. Right. This just like, uh, yeah. Reductive view of what Christian practice should be when it's like, okay, this is a thing that's developed over thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, uh, and, and I mean, all the, all the old narratives of the, of the 20th century are breaking down. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. I think, um, Oh man, it was really, really interesting that that podcast. If if there's one episode that I'd recommend you get into, uh, yeah. he this guy did one. It was on um, evil, and so the guy who hosts the podcast, Chaos Magician, but then he had on a guy who's kind of like a you know a West Coast Buddhist spiritualist um, something. You know, somebody who's more. Pro I I think he he kind of pays lip service to spirit, but I think he's he's more of an energies guy. But you know, it's somebody from that uh that kind of um yeah arena he's he's written a book about evil i haven't checked it out yet but uh mm. and then kind of you know his whole thing is like both science and you know uh, religion as we know it have kind of an impoverished uh viewpoint of evil and so it's this more sort of diffuse um yeah spiritual well uh thing like so they kind of Oh man, the thing that stuck with me from it is um, we've kind of eliminated sort of the the shamanistic traditions of um, 
you know other cultures um or in our in our own culture and replaced it with with other stuff but i mean the whole point is you had a person in your community that's sort of the interface with the spirit realm uh yeah who does a lot of stuff so now that we've kind of like removed that role there's these sort of spirits running rampant um <laughs> through through the population <laughs> um and i had just read uh program to kill which takes a look at true crime and then kind of erases the barrier between serial killers and then like clandestine like like covert operations basically so the guy yeah. finds a lot of connections between serial killer cases and like mk ultra and the phoenix program and then there's kind of a there's a satanic streak that runs through all of it too like actual mm. ritual satanism um you know that kind of got you know gets dismissed as part of the satanic panic which you know the satanic panic was definitely a real thing but i i think there were some genuine cases of ritual abuse that kind of yeah uh really fucked some people up um yeah and then, honestly yeah. Uh, this podcast should totally do an episode on the satanic panic at some point yeah yeah dude i, I, I feel like I, I might start sounding like a fundy uh because i was like I, I don't know i might actually buy into uh uh, I don't. I think we talked about this on the episode where you came on, where I was just like, I feel like in a post Epstein world, the idea of like satanic cults abducting children doesn't feel very yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and that's to me uh, anymore. I mean, yeah, because I've been a man. Uh, if you want to do an episode on like the McMartin, um, or not yeah. the McMartin, like no, the the uh, the Franklin cover up. That's super fucked up, dude. Yeah, we uh, should we should totally do an episode of the Franklin cover up. Yeah, Franklin cover up. Uh yeah, I mean, generally like the the sort of crossroads of of true crime, the paranormal and counterintelligence is kind of like my jam right now. <laughs> um yeah. so uh yeah, I mean, and a lot I mean, and it's a natural sequel to like the Charles Manson stuff because uh Charles Manson himself spent some time at boys town which is mm. the uh the the home for orphaned boys that uh is heavily involved with the franklin cover-up um mm. it was a, a site of uh sort of um procurement and uh pandering of young boys to uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh you know allegedly to um you know ha- uh, powerful officials mostly within the republican party but you know national politicians for sure yeah uh yeah i think yeah that that's real i believe that one um (laughs) yeah i don't i don't Um, know man i feel like it's yeah i got i got into that bleeding edge of the conspiracy thing and now i'm like full-blown occultist it's kind of weird how that works (laughs) (laughs) or not full-blown occultist but like a a cult curious i mean i'd um, i don't know it's kind of like if if anything like i'd kind of ground it um in christianity just because that's like the belief system i'm familiar with and i I, yeah i feel like uh but i'm I'm getting really interested in some uh right some uh alternative spiritual practices if you will Uh, for sure but uh, i was i was uh curious because you brought up evil and i remember um you on twitter posted a uh, picture of reading terry eagleton's on evil oh yeah um which is good i've I've read that uh recently because Weirdly enough, um, it was just funny that this came up because I was thinking about it anyway. My, um, if I talk about school, my philosophy capstone um, I'm working on right now is going to be on the problem of evil Ooh. and evil. Um, so it's just like interesting that that came up. Yeah, um, Dude, because synchronicities, I'm, man, synchronicities. Yeah, I swear it's to real. God, 
<laughs> so the the thing I'm fucking with is, have you ever read um, Evil and Modern Thought by Susan Neiman? I have not. I would very much recommend it. It's really good. But it's a, it's an alternate history to modern philosophy. Ooh. And she basically argues that the thing that defines modern philosophy is not epistemology which is usually how we enter you know we assume it's like these debates on how do we know what we know and she's like actually most of it is driven by how to address the problem of evil Mm, yeah um and especially because if you think about 1755 um which is like a big enlightenment revolution happens right after 1755 is the lisbon earthquake Mm -hmm. and a lot of and that was like the big like can uh voltaire wrote candide about kind of about lisbon like, like Lisbon is the focus, um, and then Auschwitz is the end, so she ends on Arendt, Hannah Arendt's Eichmann in Jerusalem. Um, but basically, she kind of, like, argues that there's this process that happens throughout modern philosophy where uh, we start to distinguish two different types of evil, natural evil and moral evil. You know, natural evil is, like, hurricanes and whatever, you know, earthquakes. And then moral evil is, like, you know, Auschwitz. It's things that we do, humans yeah. do. Um and so that distinction comes out of modern philosophy, and then it comes to a point that by the end of modernity, we've completely chucked out natural evil as a category to even consider in the problem of evil discussion. Right. Because yeah. it's just, you know, we don't we don't think of that as, e- how is an er- a hurricane evil? Yeah. So then what, what I'm doing, and I don't know how, where I'm going with this exactly, but I'll talk about my capstone, I guess. I'm, I'm going to ask the question how environmental catastrophe now being a man-made thing um, challenges that question and maybe pulls natural evil back into the problem of evil discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause it's, it's now got human agency driving. Uh, right. I mean, or driving. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's huge, man. Cause like, uh, like the, the problem with climate change isn't the climate change itself. Like, I mean, if you're just like, you, um, you know, like, humanity is going to survive in some form for a while you know like yeah, yeah. Uh, but the whole thing is we've set up all these political systems to you know uh exclude people and so like the, the disaster is entirely man-made like it's uh like it's bad in and of itself that man sort of fucked with the earth so much that the earth is fighting back <laughs> in, yeah in some very real ways but like the compounding that evil is like man's inhumanity to man like yeah uh like the the view of of most government seems to be okay how do we like protect ours and you know keep you know sir you know the surplus humanity that uh you know lives around the equator how do you how do you keep them out um and so that's gonna yeah man yeah um yeah i i think i think yeah the the language of evil like i'm definitely in the evil revivalist camp um like terry eagleton and others they believe like the the phrase evil is actually useful and it's it's been kind of tossed out with modern philosophy but yeah um you know i mean after auschwitz it's kind of hard i think to not use that term anymore um yeah and so I, I think the the yeah evil evil is a good way to talk about politics and some to some degree, especially when we're talking about environmental Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's yeah. <laughs> but I guess that's just what's uh 
This is what we do naturally. Uh, yeah. I think that, yeah, this is interesting. I we'll see what I keep and what I don't. Oh my God, Jared's here. Whoa. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Hey, we're we're recording a bonus episode. Yeah, How's I thought, it going? I you were in hiatus, buddy. <laughs> I am, but I got I got the. Oh no! Oh no! You cut yeah. out without yeah. me, so. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sophia, I drop in briefly. Say hello. Yeah. <laughs> this this is this will be an interesting test to see how Craig uh, handles somebody joining mid call. I've never had that happen, so. You got some joining mid call. You got some AirPod audio going. Oh nothing, fuck yeah! Nothing oh, yeah. but good stuff. Man, I, I was fully intending to just use my uh, my iPhone earbuds while and talk to you while I was like driving home, but uh, <laughs> I, I left before I set that up but um yeah this has been funny yeah because yeah. we were just gonna shit on both working retail again and then we just got into like religion because yeah. it's josh and i of course yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, there, oh i think i think we did we did set up the the rudiments for a possible sequel to the charles manson episode because i've done yeah some yeah i think we got the next episode figured out yeah oh, there he goes oh, oh dang <laughs> um Oh, oh! There there you now we hear you. There we go. I uh, turned my phone off by accident. Uh, oh, yeah, that'll do that. <laughs> that tends to disconnect you. I found. <laughs> we're totally so we're totally bringing Josh back on to talk about the Franklin cover up. Hell yeah! Yeah, man. yeah. That's the that's the move. Oh man, Jared, I've been I've been doing some reading. Um, you might uh-huh. get a kick out of it. Uh, well, I well I've done the Franklin cover up before, but I was I was reading. Uh, my most recent book is called like, um, not that I wrote it, but I read it. Um, right, same difference. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> it's mine now. It's it's in exactly. My head. Um, yeah, you made uh, this, I made this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a uh, program to kill, and it it basically. It goes through a bunch of different serial killer cases and then kind of finds, like, the sort of disavowed connections to, like, covert operations and, like, CIA shit and then, like, some occult stuff, too. Um, So all the stuff that gets dismissed as, like, urban legend um, in serial killer cases kind of gets taken seriously. Um, And it kind of characterizes the serial killer itself as sort of a useful myth. Uh, rather than like an actually existing thing uh um which yeah i think it yeah it definitely has footnotes that tie into the franklin cover-up um and there's a manson connection with the franklin cover-up oh nice there's always a manson connection yeah he uh yeah yeah, he spent time at boys town uh which is a a home for uh orphan boys in um that makes sense omaha nebraska uh, and that's like one of the sites of uh, where young boys were trafficked, um, allegedly, uh, in the in the Franklin scandal, um, which is a guy named Larry King, uh, no relation to um, <laughs> Larry King, uh, ran like a federal credit union that was part of the like savings and loan scandal. But he was also a high level Republican party functionary and then was definitely doing some Epstein shit <laughs> to yikes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that was, uh, the Franklin cover up kind of got roped in with the satanic panic. Cause there were a lot of alle- like a lot of the victims who testified 
um, testified to some satanic ritual abuse. Um, mm. Personally, I have some reason to believe them. Um, I'm inclined to believe them. Because sure. um, I, and especially reading the like program to kill thing uh, with all the like weird connections to other stuff, I'm like, okay, there were some like weird government guys who were doing like pedophilic sex trafficking, but also Satanists. Like, like full bore ritual Satanists. Yeah, I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like... I, I if, can see a crossover in the in the target markets here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like, uh, I, I feel like that that's something you'd be interested... Oh, and a lot of MK Ultra shit, too. Oh, that's all over the place, too. Yeah. Um, if that's if that's the bedrock to very legal, very cool... <laughs> Satanism and trafficking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's our whole bit here. Well, yeah. well actually, what it seems like the move lately is uh, we're getting into fundamentalism as a topic, I think, Ooh, more yeah. and more. Because <laughs> starting with um, the shitty creationism episode... Um, and then the flat earth ended up kind of being about fundamentalism and then the episode that we're going to do once Jared is back, um, not this Monday, but next Monday is going to be someday. Um, yeah, about, about fundamentalism. We're going to talk about God's not dead too. Oh, nice. It's going to be great. I can't wait to watch it. I'm so pumped. Yeah. <laughs> and Nate, Nate let's, we're not just going to talk about that, though, because um, the buddy I have on... Speak for yourself. Has, well, yeah. The buddy I'm having on has this whole um, kind of genealogy of the song God's Not Dead and what happened with it, um, as it started as this like indie worship song into the massive thing that the Newsboys turned it into, and how it's kind of like an interesting metaphor for what the Christian fundamentalist industry like does. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um Ooh, fun tangential connection. Yeah. My philosophy professor from Quarterstone was briefly roommates with Michael Tate at Liberty University. No fucking ways. That sucks. <laughs> ne- next time we have you on, then we'll be like, oh, you have another connection to another I know, yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold up. All I'm hearing yeah. here is we have our our route to get Michael Tate on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Boys, I found a new end game. <laughs> Through this whole acid of the creation museum, we're doing acid with Michael Tate. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Man, I'd love to surreptitiously dose Michael Tate. <laughs> I'd, I want to MK ultra Michael Tate. I, I'm sure the government has beaten you to it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> nah, Everything's yeah, an I... op. Everything's an op. There's there's no reality. It's just <laughs> various interconnecting ops. Yeah, everything is an op. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I think like MK Ultra is the 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 groundwork for this initially, but like our uh, our bio on Twitter now says conspiracy theories, pseudoscience, and grifters. Yeah. We um, add a new word every few weeks. Yeah, because oh, yeah. th- that's really been <laughs> no. Like, I think our, our obsession now is growing more and more into. Um, yeah, I, I mean, fundamentalism is is characterized by a combination of pseudoscience and grifters. Mm-hmm. I think generally. Um, I like how how we really define a really solid format here, where we can start with any topic, take it first to capitalism, then to fundamentalism, and then to a meta commentary on what the podcast is actually about. Yeah, and that's really all this podcast is. Oh, it's great. I mean, it's going to be hilarious whoever listens to this episode right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> right. It's just like, oh, Josh and Josiah just started talking, and there's no real, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, there's no it's, format it's, here. It's at really. All. I like to think of myself as the guest on this episode. You are. Yeah, that's got to be a fun role for you. Tell tell us about yourself. It's going to be really funny if the Craig recording doesn't include any of your audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind that's of. That's a amazing. real reality. I'm I'm like. Yeah, coming to grips with. Who knows? Who knows? I might have just stepped in and ruined everything, as I am ought to do. I don't know. Ask any of my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> we got 20 minutes of dialogue that could be the bonus if this isn't included. Yeah. So it's I, I would like you to still include this, even if I'm not in. But Josiah, okay. I'm going to need you to step in and re-record my audio. <laughs> but in just a bad impression of me. Just whatever you think will fill the space. I, I don't really care what, but... What I actually say, I can, like, make it say, like, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah. yeah. That, that'd be really solid. And then it would be, like, featuring Josiah as Jared as this week's special guest. <laughs> yeah, thanks yeah. for asking. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you doing, dude? <laughs> How's the sabbatical? <laughs> Oh, it sucks. I'm sorry, man. It's all good. I forgive you. Yeah, we went to... I don't think you'd even be on sabbatical if it weren't for us doing the love dare right now, so... That's true. That's true. That's what broke me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, Josh, if you listen to the, uh, the Flat Earth episode, it's fine if you haven't. I think I... I yeah, I listened to the creationism one and, and the uh, um, MK Ultra one. I, I'm aware of the love dare bit, and I am a huge fan. Oh, okay. Um, so the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll cut this out. The last episode that we recorded um how i even found out that jared really needed to go on hiatus is because the love dare told me that sometime during the work day i needed to text him asking him how he was doing and then he was like i'm not doing well and thought i was being a good friend and i felt very terrible (laughs) i don't know that's I'm I'm glad the bit sort of tumbles into actual sincerity rather than like, I know it's yeah. lovely yeah art just, imitates it's, it's, life imitates art like you're trying to yeah. be funny but then it just sort of tricks you into being an actually good friend <laughs> it's the true. only way that it ever happens right well, yeah. we have to trick <laughs> ourselves into it no yeah yeah we just you know everything will be better if we just do everything ironically like I mean uh, <laughs> we seem to be in an age that everybody's allergic to actually like intending or believing in things <laughs> exactly oh, i mean I, i've been ironing myself into various religious views for like five years now so yeah. I, I think it could you know it could oh do yeah I, I remember when you were posting about like yeah i guess i'm gonna convert to islam so <laughs> this will not end well for the fascism bit will it <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden we just get really good into like julius avola and like oh my god Guys, I just want to say I love Rome. Right. <laughs> hey, have we thought about doing I've really... Rome again? <laughs> I've gotten yeah, really Romans. into that over my hiatus. <laughs> yeah, the Romans. They had some really interesting ideas about how to live and run the world. And transfer water from place to place. <laughs> I I just uh, I listened to an audiobook of uh, McCulloch's like, History of Christianity and the, it bummed me out just how much of Western history is driven by the attempt to just do Rome a second time. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. just, like, always what happens. Like, there's not... There is no gap longer than 300 years in Western history that there wasn't somebody cosplaying as Rome. Yeah. Hey, have we tried uh, <laughs> being the Romans again? <laughs> 
you got Charlemagne, you got like Russia did it for a while. Yeah. It's terrible, man. Gotta gotta stop it. Don't do Put Rome. Me in Rome. They fell Don't for a reason. Rome. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't because they got too gay. Well <laughs> <laughs> the fascist arrives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, oh, the man. first episode with Jared back is going to be called Which Way, Western Man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I think it was uh, Patrick Wyman. Or, uh, he, does he does the, the, the Revolutions podcast or something? That's, it's one uh, of that's Mike Duncan. Mike Duncan. Okay, Patrick Wyman did... Oh, he did the... Did he do a Fall of Rome or... Oh, no, Patrick, no, Patrick Wyman. He's, he, well, he might just be another historian, but I, he had a... Um, around the time the um, police riots were um starting in june uh he, yeah. he started talking about the fall of the roman empire and like the barbarians were actually like aff- like loosely affiliated with the legions like it was really the sort of imperial periphery coming back to the center and he was sort of drawing parallels um, between that Interesting. And, like, uh, um there's a there's a guy Stuart schrader um who d- he wrote a book called uh, badges without borders and it's this history of police exchange programs in the 20th century and police modernization and how like there's sort of a porous membrane um between sort of policing best practices and counterinsurgency tactics um so there was always a constant dialogue so that's why like uh uh you know and um you know how the u.s basically trained uh central and south american death squad guys and you know taught them how to do all that shit um which is you know heinous uh, like there was a famous thing in um, Guatemala. Uh, it was uh, they massacred a village uh, that were um, dissidents. Um, you know, they were sort of indigenous people that were sort of dissenting against the you know the U.S. backed um, military junta or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but they they killed people in the village. But then they'd uh, what they did is they sat somebody's family around a, a table, decapitated them, put the heads on the table, and then put their hands on the heads. Um, and then, uh, I don't even need to go further than that. I mean, there's even yeah, more. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's enough. But that's enough. You know, it's like, so it was all this, like, uh, right, it's serial killer shit. Right, um, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was taught as, like, a, 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 a psy war tactic. Like, you're intimidating. Um, you know, it, it follows through from, like, um the Lansdale guy uh, in the Philippines who to, you know, demoralize the rebels, you know, they, they found out about some folklore about uh, vampires. So they killed a couple rebels, punched some holes in their neck, drained the blood and just like hung them from trees and left them in roads and oh, stuff. Oh yeah. I've read about uh, that. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, or uh, yeah. Well, there's the whole thing with, um, Oh, what was this? I think this was in Vietnam where they faked the, um, they got like speakers that would um, they would hide in the woods that would do the cries of like the way folklore had described ghosts. Huh. Oh. Um, yeah, they, yeah, that was like a form of psychological warfare during Vietnam. Oh yeah. Um, oh man, I think it's like uh, there's this guy named Arthur Shawcross. Um, uh, I think he was the Green River Killer or something or like some kind yeah. of. Anyway, like killed a lot of people here, um, but he claims um, that he was part of the Phoenix program in Vietnam and was like just butchering Vietnamese people as Jesus. Jesus, like he he claimed he was, you know, kind of you know uh, a ghoul who would just like spend time alone in the woods and then just go, you know, 
nail heads to pikes and stuff to intimidate the Viet Cong. Uh, I think the military has disavowed that, but like considering what, sure, right, right. Of course they did, but it's like the people in the Phoenix, like the Phoenix program was staffed by like the most morally flexible, uh, you know, American personnel, but they were also recruiting from South Vietnamese prisons and just like letting these guys run rampant through the countryside in South Vietnam. Hmm. Uh, and then like paying them uh you know and all they had to do was claim that these people were affiliated with the Viet Cong and you know the the whole thing with uh guerrilla warfare is you never know quite who's affiliated and who's not right um, yeah. uh damn uh, yeah so that's kind of <laughs> yeah that's all that program to kill stuff is like we we throw up all these barriers between what happens domestically and what happens at the imperial periphery, right? But that shit mm-hmm. always comes back. It always, yeah. Yeah. it always comes back. Um, so, like, yeah, what? Uh, because like we had all these programs where like cops from all over the world would just like get training and then like hang out and spread ideas, and it was always from this like explicitly counterinsurgency, anti-communist perspective, and that's just kind of yeah every police and military um within the american sphere of influence since like the 50s <laughs> yeah. um so yeah badges okay. without borders program to kill those are those are some of my jams yeah. recently oh, yeah. um i'm definitely gonna need to check out programs to kill that yeah um fascinating. i can yeah i can send that to you i found a bunch of that shit online for free so i can uh oh nice i can post that in the the vlvc thing uh if there's anybody else that wants to read that (laughs) horrifying book um we can start a book club yeah yeah. (laughs) the vlc the vlvc book club would actually be kind of tight let's be real yeah i I, we've got the roswell incident we've got um chaos we've got program to kill we have the bible yeah (laughs) oh man uh uh, on that whole creationism tip, I, I I think I've seen Ken Ham speak once or twice, but I was I was a Kent Hovind guy. Uh, um, oh, yes. yeah, yeah, he got. Here. We're gonna we're gonna come back and talk about. Yeah, because he yeah he got busted for tax evasion in like uh, what 2009, <laughs> 2010? Oh man, yeah, he, he was in prison for a long while. Yeah, <laughs> that man is a felon. Yeah, uh, but which is like, the coolest thing about him. But <laughs> yeah, no, I saw, I saw him talk. Yeah. I, you know, I remember watching some of his videos, saw him talk, but he just had the craziest conspiracy shit in his talks. Like, it's wild. you know, he, he claimed that, um, uh, uh, Pope John Paul II, uh, sold Zyklon B to the Nazis before becoming Pope. <laughs> like, <laughs> like shit like that. I, I buy it. <laughs> um, Oh right or you know you know he he felt you know he was pretty explicit about you know the wrong the wrong side won the civil war um you know he was a states rights guy uh you know while still trying to like thread the needle of like oh slavery was bad but the wrong side maybe won the civil war <laughs> just like wow that guy puts slavery some... was bad but the south will rise again yeah and then he oh then he had the full-blown um hovind theory about the the biblical flood uh, which was nice. like there was actually a sphere of ice around uh, in the upper atmosphere, so the Earth yeah, was actually I remember that. encased in ice, and that led to like the the higher atmospheric pressure required to like 
for people to become giants and for dinosaurs to exist and stuff. That's how that. Methuselah li- lived into his 900s. Right, right, in that sort of 6,000-year timeline that they all agreed on. Um, right. Yeah, like that was the premise is like, okay, the Earth is only 6,000 years old. And uh, and these people were alive for a sixth of it. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go grab a beer and run to the restroom real quick. Um, I might have, I might actually have to dip out. Uh, oh, right well, this seems now. like a good time to do. Yeah, that. My, oh, my pizza's no. done, so I'm gonna have to leave as well. Yeah. Well, this uh, is this has been lovely. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, if, it's it, been... uh, I hope you can get so, like a coherent like bonus episode out of it, but it was just. <laughs> I really hope my audio came through. Yeah. <laughs> I really do too, because this. Was...